Welcome to the Collections by Michelle Brown show. A show about people living between the lines, standing boldly in the crosshairs of their intersectionality as they create change. This episode is brought to you in partnership with the Center for Peace Counseling and Holistic Healing Services. Welcome to Collections by Michelle Brown. I'm your host, Michelle Brown. Each week, we'll be talking with people living between the lines, standing boldly in the crosshairs of their intersectionality, and creating change. Today, we get to spend some time with an old friend, colleague, and partner in crime, Betty Covertier. Originally from Brooklyn, New York, where she was a New York City corrections officer, Betty has been part of Atlanta's LGBTQ scene since the mid-1990s. She was the founder, producer, and host of Alternative Perspectives, an LGBTQ radio show that continues to air on the community-owned and operated station WRFG 89.3 FM, Radio Free Georgia. Alternative perspectives started from a notion that LGBTQ news was important news and that our voices together could get a message out to the public, to the folks that we work with, play with, shop with, live next door to, and even go to school with. Betty has also organized the first International Day Against Homophobia in Atlanta. It's now known as the International Day Against Homophobia, Transphobia, and Biphobia. The event takes place each year on May 17th and aims to coordinate international events that raise awareness of LGBTQ rights violations and stimulate interest in LGBTQ rights work worldwide. Betty and I both spent time volunteering with the Human Rights Campaign. She's explored many occupations, from bartending to event organizing, line cook, managing restaurants, raising children, and a DIYer, do-it-yourself. Since retiring, she's been traveling in her RV with her dogs and mainly taking care of her health. She keeps her eye on local and national political shenanigans, the LGBTQ community, and is here to share her observations and always insightful viewpoints on all of the above. Betty believes in freedom for all, fairness, hope, and action, and equality for everyone. In this new chapter of her life, she continues to learn, observe, and seek out alternative perspectives. Betty, welcome to the show. I am so happy to be talking with you, my friend. How are you doing? I am doing good, fine, very well. Okay, I thank you, Michelle. Thank you for having me. Thank you. It's been a minute since I've been on the radio because <laughs> the uh, the uh, WRFG gig uh, stopped about five months ago. 
they uh-huh. uh, the show the show itself is still on the air, uh, alternative perspective, but I'm just not manning it anymore. Um, everything became a challenge, you know, including my health. So that's why I had to return. And we'll get you know deeper into that once we get the conversation going um, yeah. as to why. As a, you know, a diabetic. I wasn't. As of last week, I'm no longer technically a diabetic. You know, so that's awesome. That's that is really awesome. Well, yeah. you know, um, you know, I had thought I wanted to talk about retirement, but you know, let's talk about health because you know, right now our good friends in the GOP are once again trying to, you know, yeah. um, roll yeah. back health, Affordable Health Care Act, and I know too that, you know, it seems like to me there is there are things wrong with it. I mean, I've gone to the doctor, and it seems like, you know, how deep in the pharmaceutical industry's pocket are they? Because they're ready to just start writing out things without hearing you. Had taken on your own health issue. How did you, how does all this impact you, the health care issue, and how you have determined to deal with your health? Wow. Okay. Um, well, I've been a diabetic since 95, and uh, it, uh, times it got better and sometimes it got worse. But um, then in um, about, um, I guess it was about uh, six, seven years ago, they put me on insulin, and the insulin had just been going up, up and up, and there's no alternatives. I mean, the doctors, the medical doctors do not give you the alternative methods of how to get rid of this because diabetes is reversible. It, it can be, okay, because most of the time it's caused by the fatty deposits around your pancreas and in your liver, et cetera, et cetera. And if you can balance those things out, and that's what, you know, you can go holistic, you can go uh, wholesome and all natural. And it does, it, does clean, it does clean those organs out, and it does reverse your diabetes, okay? Um, I took an avenue of, um, it was, it, it, you know, a bit, a bit pricey. But when I came back to Georgia from my travels in uh, February, because there was an event that I needed to attend in Atlanta, then in March I had a doctor's appointment, my annual kind of thing. So I came back because my doctors were still here in Georgia. And all they wanted to do at that point was increase my insulin. And I said, no, I'm not going to do that. Because it, it became a challenge on the road. Because you have to eat at certain times. You have to give your medication at certain times. You know, you have to keep your numbers. and you know, so forth and so on, and it's hard when you're driving <laughs> and you're alone and there's nobody else there to, you know, cook a meal for you or, prep, you know, prep something for you to munch on while you're driving or anything like that. So you have to stop. And uh, sometimes you cannot stop because you're not in a, in a place where you can do that or just pull off the road or whatever. So when, when that, that moment came, I, uh, I started looking for an alternative, and I came across a program that is up in Greenville, South Carolina. I went up, and I got the introduction to it and went to a consultation, et cetera, et cetera. And it is pricey, yes. Uh, part of the labs and all that get paid by Medicare, but the rest of it does not because, you know, our medical system today does not pay for alternative medicine, okay? It doesn't, it doesn't pay for... Um, stuff that's natural. <laughs> if it doesn't come from a pharmaceutical company, you know, they, they just don't think it exists, okay? So, but luckily, I was fortunate enough, you know, to have the, 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 the money, and, and, and um, so I paid up front, 
And I uh, was determined that uh, I was going to make this work because I wasn't going to be wasting my money. Okay, but I knew that with all the discussion that was going on about healthcare and all the choices that we well, not even choices because they, they were all like terrible stuff that they were putting out there. Um, and Medicare, I'm on Medicare, so Medicare is part of the Obamacare um, added, you know, wellness care and stuff like that, you know, because there were a lot of um, uh, things that the Medicare folks got, you know, on an annual basis because of Obamacare, because mm-hmm. they, they, they added it on, you know, when, when it became law. And uh, we were in a position to lose all that if, if they abate. Okay, and the debates will be public, and that's a good thing too, um, so that the public will know what's going on and who's doing what and what what they're in store for. Um, you know, because healthcare is, yeah, we, you know, people who don't know, but I think a lot of people already know because people have Googled and people have looked up stuff. But we are the only industrialized country that does not have universal healthcare. <laughs> you know, and and we're supposed to be the greatest country on earth. Okay. So, you know, it gives, so that, that, that propelled me to that place of looking for, you know, something for me. And, 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 it, and it's worked out. Four months later, uh, I started out with an A1C of 8.4. And an A1C, for those who don't know, is the measurement of your blood sugar in your, in your blood system in the last 90 days. And every 90 days, you're supposed to take, you know, new blood tests to determine what that is again to continue uh, to see if you continue an improvement of your falling back or whatever. And uh, so I went from 8.4, I went to uh, 7.0 at the next thing, and then uh, this last test that I took, which was my annual exam that I took with my regular medical doctor, uh, I was 5.9. And when you reach, when you reach the level of 6.0, you uh, and 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 below, then you are not considered a diabetic anymore. You know, so um, or you could be say they, they can say you're pre-diabetic. You know, but um, I've cut down on my medications. At least ninety percent of my insulin is gone. I don't take it anymore. Uh, I do my numbers, and depending on my activity, exercise, and my diet, and depending on that number, if I'm above one hundred and twenty. Uh, when I do my blood sugar, then I, I have a sliding scale that I take one or two or whatever, you know, units of insulin to help me along and, it, you know, so forth and so on. If I'm below 120, I don't need to take anything. I've gone days that I haven't had to have anything, you know. I, I've just about eliminated my night insulin uh, unless I'm really bad at dinner <laughs> because, you know, it just causes, you know, but it's just you have to be patient and wait for your food to metabolize because it's like it's, it's the reading is like two hours after you eat, but sometimes in some people's bodies it may be three hours. It depends on how you metabolize your food. So you learn when you're when you're doing these kind of things, you you learn a lot about your body. You learn a lot about the chemistry of it. You learn about what the organs do, and um and 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 you learn that they're all supposed to work in conjunction with one another. You know, and if one is not working properly, like I had adrenal fatigue and mm. that was treated yeah that was treated with essential oils right mm. my liver enzymes are at 84 now they're at 19 that too was treated with essential oils okay so it you know you rub you rub the stuff in uh, two different oils and stuff you rub them in three times a day 
and you do it where you have like the vein, like on the back of your wrist, in the you know at the fold of your uh, elbow, uh, in the back of your knee, the bottom of your feet, you know stuff like that. So the body absorbs the veins absorb it because they also the inflammation. There was one for inflammation uh, also, and if you're diabetic, you tend to get them all inflamed and stuff, and you know you just become. And that's what my problem was. I I, I just became. Um, I was just like a, a big round ball. <laughs> mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, you know, yeah. Betty, I have watched you because my brother who lives in California, he mm. has been a diabetic. And okay. he did the same thing. And he is doing what you are. I mean, okay. like with the diet, with everything. And he's seen the same results to where technically now he is not a diabetic. He is living pretty much like like you are. People who are in the medical profession and really just some some people, you know, people in general. Because I mean, he was telling me how like some people are like, man, you shouldn't you shouldn't be trying to do all of that. You know, we are we've gotten so hooked into this medical industry that mm-hmm. you know sometimes. There, even our friends and family will be resistant to hearing us try want to do something. I know yep. when he told me that he was going to do it, I mean, I was like all for it because I was I often tell people I had a knee injury and I went and they did the surgery and I put it off for the longest. And then mm-hmm. afterwards they gave me Motrin. The Motrin mm-hmm. called acid reflux and they wanted to give me something else. And I went in and finally I just sort of said, you know, the problem is the pain. And you're giving me more and more. I mean, you had they had their, their prescription pad out writing before hearing. And when I started to talk about things that I wanted to do as far as diet, exercise and stuff, I mean, I even had one doctor who told me how long he had gone to school to learn mm. this stuff. And basically, who was I to come in there talking about, you know, what I wanted to eat and Inflammation <laughs> and all this other stuff. Right, so, right. Yeah, yeah. Because my, med- my medical doctor, when I told her about it, about the program that I was going to register in, all she told me was, oh, you know that that's not proven to heal anything. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> you know? And I said, all right. Because all she wanted to do was, you know, get some more kickbacks from the pharmaceuticals so that she can keep prescribing, you know, the insulin stuff. You know? So it just... Um, and every year I, I, I was having problems, you know, even Medicare, you, you know, every year changed. So I was never sure who was paying for what. I always had to, you know, get on the phone. Every year, every January since 2012, it changes. Mm. You know, opposed, opposed to the stuff I had as a city employee in New York, and I had um, uh, benefits there that were extraordinary, but I couldn't, I couldn't keep those once Medicare kicked in. All of that was taken away from me. Okay, so the Medicare, I mean, Medicare is good to a certain extent, but people need to understand that it's not free. Okay, mm-hmm. if you have Part A and Part B, A is free, uh, but B, but free, not really because you pay for it while you've been working and whatnot. And B, if you want B, because A is for the hospitals, okay, and, um, and B is for doctors. So you're paying for that, that $104 they take out every month from your Social Security check is so you can have that Part B benefit, which is your doctor's visits and lab works and all that other kind of stuff, okay? But even from that, you still have 20%. And if you don't have a supplement, you're stuck paying the 20%, even though you've paid a fee 
you know, uh, 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 you know, $104 every month out of your Social Security check. So it's not a free thing, you know. So it's just um, unlike, unlike uh, other countries that have the universal health care, but then again, those countries have higher taxes, okay. And uh, they, uh, that's how they can provide for all their people, you know, on all these different things that they have. But uh, it's just, you know, health care, you know, it, 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 if we eat, our bodies were not meant to eat the stuff that we're eating. And, we certainly, and we're certainly not meant to be eating all this processed food and all this GMO stuff, which the bodies just re- react to it. And they react by destroying our immune system, by creating all these diseases, you know, chronic diseases and whatnot. And if you stop eating all that processed stuff and, and, and turn back to your, you know, uh, fresh, fresh, you know, fresh vegetables, you know, and... Mm-hmm. Uh, organically raised, if you're going to eat beef or chicken, it's organically, you know, fresh. And if you're going to eat fish, then make sure that it's not farmed because the antibiotics and the hormones get added to that water that they're swimming in. And, um, and now you even have to be careful about the uh, wild caught and where they're coming because they're finding fish that has, you know, from people disposing of their, their, their trash exactly. and, and junk through their toilet, you know, septics and stuff into the waters of the world, you know and where these fish live. So and even that we have to be careful with. And our bodies weren't meant to deal with all that nonsense. It's just, uh, you know, and it's hard. It's hard. It's, there's a lot of people were skeptical. You know, they didn't believe that I would be able to do it, that it, it, that it would work. And, uh, but I talked to many people who were in the program. When I talked to the doctors up there and all the technicians and stuff, and um, a lot of them were on it. There was one young man that was working in the office who was recovering from cancer on this natural stuff, okay? Uh-huh. He went into remission in just months, okay? So it, it just, um, we just need to learn how to eat. <laughs> you know? Well, you know, I mean, I think that, that also says something about, not only that, but about you, but what can be an example for many Many people, when they hit that age, okay, they're getting their Social Security, they're getting Medicare, and they have a box full of drugs. If they're just sort of taking it, and it's sort of right. like, well, yeah, this yeah. is part of being old. But yeah, they, they don't even know what the medication is for. Yeah, they don't even know what it's for. The doctor told me to take this three times a day. That's, that was my mother. She had a you know, drawer full of stuff, and there was the pink pill or the yellow pill or the blue pill or whatever. And I said, okay, Martha, what's it for? And I don't know. The doctor told me I have to take this in the morning and I have to take it at night. This other one here I have to take at lunchtime. This other one. I said, okay, Ma. It's like, you know, I mean, you know? Yeah, it's, it's just... Um, they, they, they just live off this stuff. I mean, they get kickbacks. The more medication they, they prescribe, the more kickbacks they get from the pharmaceutical. You know, so it's just, um, there's, you know, they're lined up collecting their checks on, on our backs and our health, you know, so. And you, and, you know, I think the other part that's interesting is, like, at this point in your life, you've become an RVer, you know, and, yep. and, you, and you know, where many people because of these health, they, like, they don't explore. They're sort of like, okay, well, I'm sort of stuck in this one place. Life is over. But you took this opportunity mm-hmm. not only to take charge of your health, but to, to, go, to change how you're living. Yeah, but a lot of folks out here are diabetics, you know. I've been giving out cards for this, for this program thing, telling them just call and find out what it's about. But basically it's how you eat. If you go fresh, I mean, I mean, I mean, there's tons and tons and tons of articles and information out there. You can go 
and it can become overwhelming when you're trying to decipher or put together or figure out, okay, so what do I eat? You know, and I had, for, for years I had been reading and I had been looking things up and I had trying to be combining my spices and, you know, and, 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 and doing the things that all these different articles would, you know, tell you. You know, you pay, some of them you pay, you know, $2 here and $7 here to get the, the, uh, the digital version of their instructions and whatnot. And I had done this for years, you know, and, um, and, and, and then it just becomes, such a, you know, it's overwhelming trying to get all this information and, and retaining it all and remembering, you know, all the things that you're supposed to combine, okay? So mm-hmm. it just, for me, it was just easier to go somewhere and get those supplements because the first four weeks is a total cleanse. They take you off mm-hmm. of everything. I mean, they take you off of everything, basically. It's a very, very, very restricted diet for four weeks. And after those four weeks, you sort of kind of learn how to eat a whole lot of greens, you know, a whole lot of fish. You know, you, you stay with those things that are just very, um, very common. No processed food at all. No, all the canned stuff is out the window. You know, uh, it, I'm still not on dairy. And I had, to, mm-hmm. I, had to really, I had to really shop around and look for yogurt because I missed my yogurt. And the only yogurt that I have found that has nothing else but cultured skin, skin milk plus the, um, the probiotics, three probiotics for the, the, good, the, the good bacteria stuff, and that's all, the, uh-huh. that's all that, that one yogurt has. I can eat that one. All the rest of them, I can't eat. I can't eat because they all have either cornstarch sugar or the fruit, that was a fruit post or whatever they call that thing. They all have some, some form of sugar in it. Okay, and that's the last thing that a diabetic needs, especially processed sugar, <laughs> you know, because that'll, that'll, that'll skew your, your numbers in a minute, and uh, it'll take you a minute to, and then GMO stuff. I had an episode uh, not too long ago uh, when I had, I thought I was eating gluten-free, um, supposedly GMO-free popcorn, okay, and I ate the popcorn, and I tell you that the worst thing I ever did, I, I, popcorn will never see these lips again because mm. it, was, it took me about a week and a half to get myself back on target where I was because it just upset wow. my whole thing, you know, and that's because you don't know. They say no GMO, but you don't know where the seed came from. If the seed is GMO, they altered the seed to make this popcorn that they say is, is gluten-free, et cetera, et cetera. That seed has still got all this other, you know, GMO stuff in there, okay? And, and, and they altered it. In other words, you know, your body doesn't react the same way as, to corn that's naturally grown, okay, without any kind of alteration, including the seed, okay? So you need to really figure out where the seed came from and if somehow that was altered, okay? But it, 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 it's a big, long process, and it can be really overwhelming, but like I said, I chose, I chose the easier. I chose to pay, you know, and get all the supplements that I needed, which includes all your vitamins, your amino acids, your minerals, everything that the body needs to function, to keep going, and all the healing stuff because my body had to heal. My liver had to heal. My pancreas had to heal. And I'm still in the process of that. I, mean, I know that my liver has healed simply because the liver enzymes have gone down. Okay, so that means that the fatty, and, and because I've lost weight, and I'm, not, I'm no longer all bloated in the midsection where the fatty liver, you know, is, you know, or was, 
and and I and I'm you know and then investigating further, the pancreas also gets deposits of fatty liver, and that's what decreases your in- insulin production. Okay, because the fatty you know has to get through all that fat and stuff. So when you lose losing weight and eating right and maintaining um, your, your, the, the, the nutrition that you need, okay, which includes, you know, having like the vitamin D because you need vitamin D and you don't get enough of it in the sun, so you need to take a supplement for, for other things to work correctly, okay? Mm-hmm. And, and all, of this stuff, all of this stuff was given to me, okay? I paid up front, but everything I needed. And last week when I went, they supplied me with everything I need through September because the program is a six-month program, and I'm just in my fourth month. On the 20th, it was four months, so I, I still have two more months. And then in September, I'll get some more labs. I'll get the labs in September. They gave me the lab sheet. All I have to do is go to any lab or anywhere, wherever I'm at, and they'll do my labs, and they'll send them, the, you know, the report up there to, the, to Greenville. Right. You know, and they'll let me know. They'll let me know how everything is doing, and if I need to do anything else, they'll let me know. But in the meantime, it's just a matter of maintaining and eating, eating right. And if I continue that even afterwards, you know, right now I'm just trying to get into a routine of exercising, and I'm trying to figure out when it would be the best time for me to exercise in the morning or the afternoon or early evening. You know, when my body actually needs it. Yeah. How difficult is it for you to maintain? the diet part or to find the right kind of food because I know that you're traveling about, you know, um, well, so how, how difficult is that? You know, the, the main, getting the food is not difficult because I mean, I, I shop, I like to shop at all these. I don't know if there's an Aldi up in, uh, up in your direction. Oh yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. But they, they now have organic sections, you know, they have in every, all these is an organic section where you can get your organic, uh, romaine lettuce and organic avocados and, Lettuce is not good. Regular lettuce is not good because it sticks to the, in, to the inside walls of your intestines and your stomach, and it does damage because it just blocks everything. Okay, mm-hmm. so lettuce is not a good thing. Romaine lettuce is good, and any kind of other leafy uh, red, you know, greenish, any other, any other leafy green mm-hmm. thing is good. And my crate always it's all, has a bed of, of, of green, and then the rest of the meal gets put on top of that. Yeah, so and I and I, I saute a lot of stuff, and I just I have a, a little cooktop and whatnot, and I just have my pan and I saute a whole lot of stuff, and I mix the veggies in, and I'll mix in the uh, like if I have shrimp or scallops or whatever, then I eat a lot of salmon, and I've started eating tuna because all these have all of these, and they're all wild caught, you know, and uh, the prices are good, so it's not like you have to spend a whole lot of a lot of money, you know, um, buying. You don't have to go to places like Whole Food or some of the other places that are more expensive. But uh, there are things that, you know, and you can eat, you know, you can eat, you know, the tuna in the can. You can eat the tuna in the can as long as it's in water and you sort of kind of rinse it off so you can rinse off the metallic, whatever the metal is and stuff like that. Um, Beans, you can have beans, you know, but it just... uh, it, it, it's the portion. You have to be able to mm-hmm. be moderate. It, you know, it's the portions. I mean, really, if you think about that, that's a, you're not going to be hungry. You're, you have a full plate right. of food. Right, exactly. You're not going to be hungry, and, and you're going to snack in between. Every two or three hours, you're supposed to snack. Like you can have an apple, you can have a kiwi, or you can have a peach, or, you know, you can have a, I only, you know, depending on how you process these foods, like a banana, I can only have maybe a half a banana. Otherwise, my numbers go up. 
So I'll have a, a half a banana, and usually an organic does better than a regular banana. A green banana is even better, okay, before they get yellow. Yeah, mm-hmm. because there's, there's less sugar in it. There's less sugar. When it's still green, it still, it still has a good taste and everything, and you just don't let it get ripe because the more ripe it is, the more sugar it has. But you get green bananas, you get one or two at a time, and you can eat them, you know, before they get yellow. Okay, so, and that, and that, and it's a bunch of different things that one can do. You know, you don't have to go hungry. And then all the berries, you know, strawberries, raspberries, uh, blueberries, all that, you can have, you know, a handful of that at a time. You can have a half a cup, you know, of this stuff as a snack. You can have, I, not, I, they, they take peanut butter off because peanut butter reacts differently in different people, I guess. But I do the almond butter, and there's nothing mixed in it. You know, it's all nothing but almonds. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow. A lot about eating healthier and mm-hmm. what eating healthier does, and particularly how for people who probably need to learn more about it and do this investigation and hear more about it and eat healthier, our communities right. of color than just how you eat. It's, it's how you think about like you said, how you, the GMOs, how you look to see what's in there. And well, how well, Cindy, you, have, you, have, right, you have to read the labels, you know, and it's, mm-hmm. you know, one of the shortcuts they tell you to understand the labels is if you can't pronounce it, you shouldn't be eating it, okay? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, because there's a lot of, there's a lot of crap in, in this stuff. The processed food, you need to eliminate anything that's processed. And you know, all cheeses are processed. I mean, unless you find a place that does their own cheese and stuff like that, naturally, then you know that it's not processed and, and, and you might be able to have some of that, you know, but it all depends, you know, because dairy affects you because, it's, you know, it's, you know, lactose and all that kind of stuff. So it depends on the body and, and the individual. I mean, there's just so many, and, 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 and you know, I know people of color, they need mm-hmm. to have more information, yes, but being down here in the South, <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm telling you, and especially you know, I, I'm just like, in, I'm just like, you know, like wide-eyed because I've only met, I've been a year out here on the road. Uh, so I've been here five months where I am right now because I was dealing with this program and I didn't want to leave until I knew that things were working the way they're supposed to, you know. But uh, in all that time, I've only met one black couple that's out here camping in an RV. Mm. I, have, I have not met any Latinos, okay? <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, the people that I meet are basically white, uh, gay, and uh, they're the Huddle House group. I mean, you know, I don't know, like, you know what Huddle House is or you know, Waffle House or whatever it is. I don't know. I oh, can't yeah, remember. Yeah, I know. Waffle. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. And that is a very, uh, you know, like, that, that, is, that is just carbohydrate valley, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Every, you know, fried this, fried that, gravy this, you know, bread on that, bread on this. They give you, you have a waffle, they still give you toast. I mean, it's like, you know, <laughs> it's like they just inundate you with carbohydrates. And, and you can tell from the people. You can look around and you say, damn, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it just, it's just amazing to me, you know. It's just totally amazing, but. I mean, that's all, you know, and then, but it goes across, you know, racial barriers and all that because people fall into that thing of easy. It's easy. You can go in to, you know, McDonald's, Burger King, Wendy's, but all that is processed meat, meat that you're putting in your mouth. I mean, it's just uh, what, they, 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 what they put in it to preserve that meat 
for it to last and it doesn't spoil because that's, they, they're, on, they're on the thing of profits and they, they don't need stuff to be spoiling on them. So everything they have in there has something that uh, preserves whatever they are serving. And yeah, I mean, you know, it, it just, it, all those chemicals don't belong in our bodies. You know, we weren't meant, you know, we, we were meant historically to eat, you know, nuts and berries, okay? <laughs> you know? Ready, we're going to take our first short break here. And because okay. um, I want to come back and talk a little bit more about your life on the road and, and your observations. So we're going to take okay. a short break and we'll okay. be right back. You're listening to Collections by Michelle Brown. And we will be right back with our special guest. <laughs> This episode of Collections by Michelle Brown is brought to you in partnership with the Center for Peace Counseling and Holistic Healing Services, bringing balance to your mind, body, and spirit. For more information or to schedule an appointment, visit the Center at www.thecenterforpeacellc.com. Well, we're back with more conversation with today's guest here on Collections by Michelle. Betty, I'll tell you, I know I have traveled, and when you go in one of those places, and they say, well, do you want hash browns and toast? And I'll say, well, actually, I don't want the hash browns. I don't want the toast. I just like some <laughs> tomato slices. And they sort of look at me like, you know, you know but uh-huh. do you want pancakes? Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah, so, that's, exactly, that's exactly what happens. They look at you very strange. <laughs> so, what made you decide to take to the road in your RV, which I think is like way cool? <laughs> uh, I'm, a, you know, for years it had been in the back of my head. I've been going to RV shows and I've been reading up on them online. I joined all these different newsletters and stuff and reading other people's adventures. And I just, you know, I, I, I just, I was at a time in my life when I really, I was, you know, I had the last. Um, I had moved up here to Clarksville, uh, Georgia, up in the mountains, in the Northeast Mountains, back in um, 2011, I guess it was. And, uh, and I rented a house instead of buying or anything like that because I sold my little house that I had down in South Fulton. And um, I didn't know what I wanted to do. So I didn't want to saddle myself with a house because if I decided to pick up and go, I wouldn't have been able to do that, you know. It was just, the, the, the first intention was that I was going to go, I was going to get the RV, I was going to go down to Florida and spend some time with my mom because she wanted to do a little, a little traveling and stuff. And although she, you know, she was 97, and um, when I started talking about it to her, she was like 96, and then she turned 97. And unfortunately, I had bought the, um, I had bought the RV uh, in March of uh, 2016, and I was preparing myself to go on down there, but in May of 2016, my mom took ill. She passed in, in, on May 13th, and um, so she didn't get a chance. I did get a chance to go down there and spend time with her. At the, uh, she got sick. She had pneumonia, 
And she was also a diabetic and all that, but she also has high blood pressure and stuff, and she was on all these meds and whatnot, but that's what her doctor told her to do, and she felt like she was, you know, 90-whatever years old, and she was just doing what she was doing, and but she still had a lot of life in her. She, all, her all her mental capacities were still there. She always had a plan of what she was going to do and stuff. And we had talked to her when I went down there. She was re, you know, rehabbing from the pneumonia and stuff. And um, I got there on a Thursday, and by Saturday night, she took ill, and we wound up in the emergency room the day after she, you know, she, um, she uh, coded while she was in intensive care because they, they, they had, uh, they had uh, you know, balanced her out in the emergency room and whatnot. But they put her in intensive care, and within a half hour, she coded. Yeah, does, you know. does the things, does that sort of like inspire you knowing, you know, how she lived and that she was ready, I mean, she was ready to hit the road with you. And does that she wanted, you? Listen, she wanted to go to Costa Rica with me. She wanted to go to Costa Rica with me. She she kept asking, how long is the flight, you know? And, and, and when we get there, we're, she said, I buy the house, I buy the house, and then we can get somebody to take care of me. They'll come in and take care of me because every, I had told her about how cheaper it is to live down there and that, you know, between us, we could, we could really, you know, live okay and everything like that. Mm-hmm. And she said, you know, then we can hire somebody and they can come to the house and they can cook for, you know, for us and they can take care of the house for us and we can pay her, you know, and, and we can do that. And I said, yes, mom, we can do that. You know, she was ready to go to Costa Rica with me. Wow. <laughs> every time I think about it, you know, I smile because, I mean, she was so enthusiastic about, you know, this, this, she was looking at it like, this is going to be a new life for me, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? It was like, you know, we could eat. She thought about eating fresh food because down there people grow their own stuff. Even the restaurants grow their own stuff, mm-hmm. you know? And, yeah. and, and every, oh, the fish is fresh right from the Caribbean, you know, out there in the, in the, in the Pacific Ocean or whatever, you know, depending on what side you're in. But mm-hmm. uh, it's just, uh, you know, she was looking forward to it. You know, it's taken me a minute to really adjust myself that she's not here anymore. It's uh, it it yeah it just uh, it, it just taking me a minute to really mm-hmm. to get to the point of saying and talking of talking the way I'm talking about it you know mm-hmm. but it it was a year in May and uh, I mean I I, I it, it became difficult being out there and experiencing stuff because you know I I named my RV she has a, a name tag Georgina that's her name my mother's uh-huh. name. Yeah, so I named her after my mom. You know, I have a picture of my mom up where she can have a, a, a bird's eye view of where we're going, the road and everything like that. So, you know, and I always say, look, mom, look, mom, look. <laughs> oh, oh, that is so cool. You know, it's yeah. funny that you, that you say that because, I mean, I've been to South and Central America, and I'm like, you know, when you were talking mm-hmm. about Costa Rica, I'm like, you know, hey, I am there, you know, to live <laughs> So much better yeah. to be able to to grow your food and to live, you know. Oh yeah. And oh yeah. My mother, my mother and I were were close like that. We did things, and the fact I know exactly what you mean. How sometimes you'll be doing something and you'll go on like, you know what? She'd be right here with me doing it. You know, right yeah. here. Yeah, 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 and I always, and I feel I'm, I'm spiritual. I'm not religious, you know. I'm a recovering Catholic, okay? Still a recovering Catholic, okay? I guess I'll be that for the rest of my life because they don't seem to improve their condition any. Well, yeah, but I'm spiritual. Yeah, I'm spiritual. I believe in a higher power. I know there's something, you know, besides us, you know. It has to be. Mm-hmm. If there isn't, I mean, it's like, Lord, please, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. 
<laughs> but, uh, you know, and I, I believe, I believe that she's out there. She's, you know, going to be watching over me. She's guiding me. And, you know, even when it came to the, to the time of this program, I had hesitation. We had, you know, my dad was a really good saver, and he left my mom well off. There was an inheritance when she passed, and the three of, the three of us, and we divided it up. And my portion was in the bank, you know, making interest and stuff because I was afraid to spend it. And I, and I said, you know, this is mommy's money. I can't spend it. <laughs> I, called, I had to call my brother and say, listen, I came across this problem. This is what I want to do, and this is how much it's going to cost, and I'm going to use some of that money. And um, I feel guilty. And he said to me, uh, sis, just think of it as mommy still taking care of you. Uh-huh. And so, like and, you said, you got, you got it right there. She's right. She's your co-pilot. <laughs> uh-huh. Yes. You know, every time I'm on the beach and I see water or see birds, she used to, she used, she learned in the last two years of her life, she learned uh, the computer. She had her own computer. My brother had bought her a computer. And she had, when I went down there, she was showing me, she had favorite pages with the birds. She used to love to read about the birds and, and, and what kind they were and where they came from and stuff like that. Because my mom was all there mentally, okay? And she learned, she was quick to learn stuff, very quick. We even did Skype. Mm. We even did Skype. She knew, she knew how to do Skype. She knew how to press on the buttons and stuff when, when the thing rang and whatnot. And she knew, and they, oh, there you are, there you are. <laughs> how cool is that, you know? So, I mean, at, at 90, at 90, you know, 95, 96, 97, she was on a computer, on a laptop, okay? <laughs> and that, was, to her, was, like, thrilling. That was, like, okay, this is great. This is cool, you know? I mean, you know, we had a, we had a black phone with a party line when we were growing up, okay? <laughs> that's, what, that's what we had. In, that's what I grew up with, a black phone with a party line. When you picked up the phone, there was somebody else you didn't know on that line because my, you know, my father was very economical <laughs> and that was the cheaper way to go. Okay. <laughs> my mother was like that. And I had a, I, after my mother passed, I took care of her aunt, of my aunt who lived to be like in her nineties. And she was like that. I mean, we Skyped and stuff. And, and often when I hear people who go like, Oh, I'm too old for that. I'm going like, what are you talking about? You know, what are you no. talking oh. about? You know, Keep yeah, never, never too old. Yeah, never too old. So when you're never, out there, yeah. okay, mm-hmm. and, and like you said, and often like you're the only Latino. You see, you might you saw one black family who were RVing. <laughs> I went, I went right up to them and said, "Hi, how are you? Where are you from?" <laughs> they were from, they were from North Carolina. They were from North Carolina. <laughs> Did you have a moment of concern after? Mm-hmm. The the hatred that is sort of like and the and the harsh talk that came up after the election. Did you have a moment of concern about hitting the road in your RV with your dogs going and seeing the world? Seeing no, the I, I didn't. I didn't have that that concern prior to now and until after this the current election. Okay, because mm-hmm. I've seen I've seen a lot more um, visible hate. Okay, a lot more um, uh, folks that feel that they have been enabled or emboldened uh, to just say what they want to say, when they want to say it, regardless, okay, and uh, do actions that they think is just their right to do because somebody told them that they can, (laughs) 
<laughs> you know, I, I've seen more of that, you know, since then. But prior to it, last year when I left, I had no, mm-mm. I mean, when I'm in the campgrounds, I, I feel pretty safe. I mean, because campers are, they take care of one another. I mean, you know, we, and, and when you stay a, a long period of time at any one camp, you become part of that family that's there. And, um, and like, I never lock my door, for instance, on my camper. I go out for the day. I may, I may stay overnight someplace. And um, my door is, you know, it's not locked. It's closed, but it's not locked. And um, I, my, my neighbors were a little surprised where I am now that I did that. And I said, well, with the day that I have to lock everything up, is the day that I know that I, I'm not supposed to be here, okay? Mm-hmm. And, I will, and I will find some other place where I can feel safe because that's the way I've always functioned no matter where I lived, even when I, you know, had apartments or houses or whatever. If I had to lock myself in, it was time for me to go, okay? Mm-hmm. And I've been fortunate that way. I really have been fortunate. I've lived, you know, around folks that uh, I've built relationships with and they, they become my extended family kind of stuff. And, in, and and it's been it's been good. It's been it, you know, but that's my attitude. You know, I, when I lived in New York, I, I owned a home up there for 15 years. The the day we closed on the house, they gave me the keys. I went to the house because I knew I, there was certain things. It was the keys, me, and the screwdriver because I, I needed to take the shutters off the windows because <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> the, the former owner had all these shutters okay on the windows, and I said, no, no, they got to go. <laughs> so that's where I went. I put the keys down, and I never saw those keys again. My friends from the city used to come up in the middle of the night. They used to slide the door open, go into the living room, lay down on the couch. In the morning, I'd come down, and there they'd be sleeping. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's just the kind, you know, that's just, I don't want to have bars on my windows. I don't want to have to lock myself in with three different locks and a, and a metal bar or something across it. You know, I just don't want to do that. I have never done that because I, I like, first of all, I like to have my doors open during the daytime. And I don't, mm-hmm. the only reason I have the air running in the RV is because it's a tin can and it gets hot when the sun is beating down on it. <laughs> mm-hmm. But at night when it cools off and the inside is cool, I shut the air off. I open that door, just leave the screen door, you know, shut so the bugs mm-hmm. don't get in. And I sleep with my door like just like that, with just the screen door. Uh, because uh, I just like the natural. I just like the natural. You know, I can't stand air conditioning, and I certainly don't like sleeping by it. I just don't want to live, you know, and if I have to do that, then it's time for me to move on someplace else where I can find that serenity or, you know, that peacefulness or that, 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 that you know, coexistence, you know. But, um, I don't, you know, the people tend not to talk politics in the camping mm-hmm. world. Politics and religion are not talked about. You know they're religious because they um they all have signs on their you know they all have signs on their RVs about you know Jesus or this or that or the other thing. You know they're Trump supporters because they'll have a sticker you know for Trump. Um, well I had my Hillary I had my Hillary sticker so it's like hey you know. <laughs> so when they say something like oh you say I'm I'm a Hillary supporter so you know we can we can have a conversation. And I've had some decent conversations. You know, and, and it's not about arguing or fighting. It's just trying to meet somewhere in between. And um, and what I found, what I have found, is that there is a whole lot of misinformation out there. I I just give them information, and I said, don't believe me. Just go and Google it. Google it and find out for yourself. You know, because I mean, you know how many times 
I've been told by people out here that, oh, I just love ACA, but I can't stand that Obamacare. Oh. Right. And I look at them and I say, really? <laughs> and I have to chuckle, you know. And then that, that's another time I said, wait, could you go, go please look up Obamacare and the ACA and tell me what you find? Okay. I mean, it's just, okay, because it's just so unreasonable to me that people don't know that it's one and the same thing. And it, yeah. and it's just, you know, it's just, it's just unbelievable, really. Yeah, do, do, it, do you have, I mean, you said that they like ACA, they don't like Obamacare. Do they, uh-huh. and they, they, and I know I've heard the same thing that people, and they don't get that it's one and the other, but the same concerns that you had about health and the rising cost of health care and not doing other, do you hear that coming from them also, that they're, that they do recognize that the medical industry isn't really doing them good? No, no, it's not the medical industry. Right now, it's Obamacare that's not giving them what they need. <laughs> and, and, and that's the limit of their, that's it. It's Obamacare because that's what Fox News and, you know, all those other uh, conservative stations and the, what they do. Because most of them, you know, most of the people down here in the South listen to Fox News. You go into the banks and the restaurants and to anywhere, it's Fox News that's on, Okay. And when I ask people, what do you listen to? And they say, I, I listen to Fox News. I said, really? Okay. Do you ever try listening to one of the others? No, nah, no, Fox News is, you know, I think they're good. And, you know, I said, yeah, okay. All right. I mean, you know, it's like, <laughs> you know, it's just, it's mind-boggling. And, and I, I, you know, I haven't been to place, I haven't, I guess because I'm down here in the South and I'm in the, the Bible Belt or whatever you want to call it down here. And, um, but even my neighbors, you know, when I was in the house house and I got along with everybody, but they were still religious. Okay. They, they, they knew I was gay. They knew I, you know, I was lesbian and whatnot because I came out to all my neighbors there because if I'm going to live next to you, you, you got to know who I am, you know, mm-hmm. and, but nobody ever, you know, retaliated in any way. And they thought it was fine because I was a good neighbor. You know, I did everything I was supposed to do. I helped it. I helped my neighbors whenever, you know, they needed some help with anything and, whatever, whatever, okay, and uh, so there was never anything, any animosity in that, on that score, but um, they were still religious, you know, and they go to church, and they didn't understand why I didn't go to church, and I said, well, you know, I pray at home. I pray, I pray, I tell them, I pray when I'm mowing, okay, when I'm mowing my grass, I'm praying, okay, and I'm dealing with nature, and I'm dealing with God and what he has provided, okay, so I'm, I'm still in church, okay, it's my church, it's my kind of church, you know, <laughs> and they, you know, but you know, the, the conversations, uh, you know, it's it, an exchange of ideas and stuff, and that's what I believe people should do. They should have an exchange of ideas. They shouldn't be, um, you know, we shouldn't be, you know, arguing and yelling and screaming at each other and not hearing each other. What we need to do is, is because the power that we have as the people would be huge if we could just find all the places where we agree, all the commonalities, exactly, and use that power to approach our elected officials and to make them accountable for how they work for us, not that they're working for themselves, okay? But if we could just understand, if people would understand the power that we have and grab a hold of it, these folks in Washington, D.C. wouldn't be able to do what they do to us. Okay, and they do it because most people just don't have the don't have the time. They don't have the interest. 
they don't understand all the politics of it all and all the ins and the outs and all the strategies and the manipulations and, you know, because politics is ugly. I mean, I hate it and I love it at the same time because it intrigues me. It intrigues me that people can actually spend time trying to figure out how to get over on somebody else and mostly how to get over on the people. You know, well, you know now that you're out and, you know, and you're traveling you're, and you're around all these other people, because, you know, it just sort of seems to me that with, you know, all this crap going on in D.C., that really we're going to see movement at a grassroots level, at that person-to-person talking, someone sort of saying, well, you know, not telling them, well, you're wrong. You're saying, just, you know, go Google Obamacare and ACA, you know, right. and, you know, and then being willing to talk. Do you find that when you say something like that, I mean, and that you're making, do you feel you're making inroads where well, more so than the regular political uh, arena? Yeah, I, I, well, you know, to a certain degree in, in the hopes that they do go and Google it and they do read up on it, you know, and mm-hmm. hopefully, you know, um, take in what the discussion was about. I've had, you know, some people, you know, where they did go, where they would disagree with me in the beginning and stuff, and they would come back and they say, I went up and I checked on that, and uh, I can understand what you're saying, and, but, you know, there's still some more things I have to understand, and da 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 you know, because, I mean, now they're, 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 the main thing now is that people um, don't want to say they were wrong, okay? Mm-hmm. So it's the ego thing that is at play now, okay, with the vote and how, and the things that are happening now, and uh, what they didn't think was going to happen, you know, because they want to try something new, okay? And, well, the something new <laughs> is not exactly what they thought was going to happen. <laughs> mm-hmm. so, and there's nothing they can do about it now, you know. So, and, and if we get rid of one, I, I guess I was just having this discussion with my little brother who uh, we're on different, um, you know, he's, he's, he's an FBI, he was a former FBI um, uh, he worked down in Tampa and stuff, and he was he had close re- a close relationship with Comney and everything because he was one of his advisors there back. Uh, my brother's been retired now from the FBI against about three years or so, and um, because he, he started the new job, the lobby he has he has forty lobbyist lawyers under him. He's not a lawyer, but he is an expert. He's he's considered to be an expert in the law. He's in, 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 by FBI standards, you know, and the rule of law. He's an expert in terrorism, okay? He's considered to be, he's been on NPR and a couple of, after he's been retired and stuff. And uh, now he's in charge of these 40 lobbyist lawyers. And I said, well, what, what are you supposed to do with them? He's out, my thing is to keep them honest. Yeah. That's, that's his thing, okay? That's. He, he, they, he reveals everything. They go over everything. That he has his own channels. He has his. He still has those channels where he can get information that normally the regular person can't get and stuff like that because he still has those connections from the FBI and stuff. But um, it's just um, talking about the power of the people, you know. Yesterday, and um, and it 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 said, could you imagine? Can you just imagine what we could do if everybody just you know so you know got together? regardless of race, you know, regardless of color and, and, and sexual orientation and all the hate and all that other kind of stuff, regardless of all that, if we could just find those places that we, we had commonality. And I, I, come, I said, listen, I've been, 
I've been, I've been, I've been writing about that, and I've been talking about that on the radio for the last decade. So it, it's a matter of, you know, making the people realize that we do have the power, you know, but it's just, um, you know, will it make a difference? I, I don't know. I mean, right now we're just in a place where we get, if we get, if we get rid of one and we get the other one, the other one's even worse. It's even worse. You know, I yeah. think that the other thing that, that I think that, that's interesting often that, you know, when I talk to people, I said, you know, well, maybe we won't all agree on this, but what about that next generation? You know, are we really thinking about that? You know, maybe, you know, because I talked to a woman and I said, well, maybe, you know, you aren't for abortion. But she had a granddaughter who was like preteen. I said, but what if five years from now she was raped? You, you're, you want to just shut all avenues for her? I mean, so, I mean, so, I mean, sometimes it's like to sort of say the environment even, you know, well, maybe mm-hmm. you don't believe in global warming, but what about your grandchildren? And it sort of seems like in many ways people have stopped thinking about what world we're leaving for that next generation or our grandchildren. But, I mean, I don't, the, the elected officials, okay, are not thinking of the future. I mean, I really don't think they're thinking of the future. They're thinking about their now, okay? and all the monies that they can accumulate because we know that to become rich when you get into, you know, half, half of Congress has become a millionaire since taking office. That's a whole lot of, you know, that little portion of the population, that's a whole lot of people in, in, in a career. They, they choose the career because they know that they're going to make money, okay, because that's, that's what it is. People buy their votes, okay, whenever, you know, the lobby, that's where the lobbyists come in. They buy the politicians' votes, okay? And that's, you know, Alec, for instance, that was, you know, they, mm-hmm. got, they, gathered, they gathered all the politicians in one place, and who was, who was addressing them? All the corporations. And they were telling, they would tell them what they need. And these are the laws that we need passed in order for us to do this. And if you do this, this is how much you'll get. You know, it's like, <laughs> you know, they're not, they're not thinking about us. They're not thinking about us. We got to get the lobbying out of the politics. That's one thing. You got to get that money out of there. We got to get the lobbying out of there. Um, even, 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 you know, another point that my brother made to me yesterday was even if um, they had term limits, they would just do. Let's say they have the term limits, like, like six years, four years, six years, four years, or whatever, whatever, and they go up the line. The lobbyists would just simply influence those folks coming on. Mm-hmm. You know, before the old one goes out and would have them in their pockets before they get on. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it wouldn't change anything if you have term limits. What you have to do is just change, the, make law that they mm-hmm. cannot, they cannot be involved with lobbyists. Okay. It's yeah. as simple as that. Because yeah, especially okay. they show that often what's proposed at ALEC is introduced almost verbatim yeah. as legislation. Yeah. You know, they don't even bother to, like, well, I'll tweak it a little bit. They say, oh, no. Alex says this works. Well, this is what I'm going to do, you know. Yeah, because most people are not aware that most people didn't even know what Alec was. Okay, most people still don't know what Alec is or was. 
it's only folks who are in the media or have, you know, keep up with articles or they're trying to report things, you know, like yourself and like I was and stuff like that and others. They're the only ones that get, you know, to that point of finding out what this is and what it means or that you have associations that are in D.C. and, you know, are in, in that in the midst of stuff and, and, and you have conversations with them and you learn about this. But generally speaking, people just don't know and they really don't care. You know, they really don't want to take the time to find it, you know, and, and that's where the politician knows that they have their, 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 uh, the, the folks that they represent, you know, and it's not until things like health care, that affects them and they know it affects them, okay? And but they want to know that when they go to the doctor, they're not going to have to pay. And if they can't afford insurance, that there's something that's going to pick up on that, which is Medicaid. And, and the problem that they say that Obamacare is not working is because there wasn't Medicaid expansion in 30-something odd states, okay? So you don't have um, those people covered, and they're still going to the emergency rooms, which affects everybody else because it affects the, the taxpayers. The taxpayers are paying those bills, okay? But they, nor do they explain that there was a mandate written into Obamacare that the pharmaceuticals would get reimbursed. And that right now you hear the conversation that funding, that Trump is thinking about cutting the funding to the pharmaceuticals because there is a law now on the books that Rubio introduced back in uh, 2015. It was voted on in the middle of the night, became law, and um, it became effective October 2016. That was the October surprise. That's when you started seeing the pharmaceutical premiums going up or disappearing or whatever because that reimbursement, what the mandate was in Obamacare was that the pharmaceuticals would get reimbursed for the difference between the profit they made last year and this year. If they did less, the federal government would reimburse them. And if you keep hearing now that Trump is threatening to stop that funding, and that's why pharmaceuticals are leaving certain sections of the country and people are finding themselves with no insurance company making Obamacare look bad, but it was all pre-planned and all set up by the Republicans. Well, you know, <laughs> I, I mean, with the foul pharma, the whole thing that gets me, like with the pharmaceutical industry, I was out of the country, and I mm. had a medical problem. I went to, mm. I, and, and, and I went into a doctor, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. I, didn't, I didn't have to make an appointment, you know, I went and saw the doctor. I think I had to pay out of pocket because, you know, my insurance didn't work down there. I went and got the prescription, and I think the prescription was something like $5, okay? Mm -hmm. When Mm -hmm. I came back here and I went and saw this doctor as a follow-up, okay, (laughs) and I said, this is what they told me was wrong. Oh, well, you know, we have to go do, we're going to have to run a whole bunch of tests. And then he wrote me a prescription, which... I said, well, what's the difference between this prescription and what I've got? And he said, well, basically, um, this one has FDA approval. What they have, it's pretty much the same thing, but it isn't. So it was $5 outside of the country. When I went Uh to get it filled, okay, first of all, my insurance wouldn't cover it, and it was $80. 
eighty dollars. And mm-hmm. often when you ask them, well, you know, well, why? And they say, well, you know, it's that FDA or it's because yeah, well, of, you know, and and so it's, it's also, like I said, and it is that industry and the fact that when you walk into the doctor, he's got the prescription pad out with the pen <laughs> from the pharmaceutical company re- yeah. ready to just start writing for you. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, I've 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 heard of you know like uh, there was a um a, a lady from the um um the uh, answer coalition from um from Atlanta, and they had they had gone down to Cuba. This is a few years back. They had gone down to Cuba to go down there and uh, do one of those uh, humanitarian missionary kind of things and um uh and help the farmers. Okay. And she went on down there with the program or whatever. And while she was working on the truck, she uh, had an accident and, and, and she, her hand, uh, she severed her pinky on the metal of the truck. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, they gathered up her pinky, they gathered her up, they took her to the hospital, they put that pinky back on. You could never tell it was severed because I've seen it. Okay. And when she went to pay the bill, they told her, you don't owe anything. Mm. She said, what do you mean I don't owe anything? <laughs> mm-hmm. She couldn't believe it. But health care is free in Cuba, even, mm-hmm. if you are, if you're not, even if you're not a citizen. Mm-hmm. Okay? So it's like, you know, and, and I mean, they put this finger back, and when you look at it, because she showed it to me, I've seen it. You don't even see a scar. Wow. Uh, you, know, mm-hmm. that's, you know, they put that little pinky on ice and got her to the hospital very quickly, and they sold that thing right back on. <laughs> wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And not a well, penny, Betty, not a penny that she has to pay. All right, well, Betty, we're going to take our second break, and then I got okay. a laundry list of things that I want your opinion on. So we'll be right okay. back. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Collections by Michelle Brown airs every Thursday at 7 p.m. You can subscribe now and listen to the podcast on Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud. Be sure to like the Collections by Michelle Brown Facebook page and mark your calendar so you never miss an episode. Well, Betty, I mean, we, I think that we, we've really nailed um, uh, health care. I have a question. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. You're Latino. Hey. And, um, you know, you, you hear all this talk about immigration. I have friends up here mm-hmm. who are being hassled, told to go back where you, become, where you belong, or um, there have been ICE raids. And they had to show their papers. Okay, while you're down there, have you, how, what do you feel is the sense of people, uh, the immig- immigration? Yeah, well, when I was down in Union City, where I lived for 13 years, 
I have an adopted Mexican family down there. And uh, they were eight siblings that came here. Only one, the oldest sibling, is the only one that came legally. But all their, they also all brought children with them, okay? The other ones, you know, they crossed and they came up. And, uh, but they were all productive, had jobs, you know, have jobs. They're still here. Uh, all their kids, all these kids that I saw growing up, okay, they were toddlers or, you know, uh, just were born a few years before or they were six, seven, you know, years old. These are all grown right now, and they're all dreamers. Mm. When they graduated high school, okay, that was it. They couldn't, they, they couldn't drive. They couldn't go to college. They couldn't get a job. They couldn't do anything. They were standing still until Obama made, you know, the DACA, okay, and, and that enabled them to get their green cards, their Social Security numbers, their driver's license. They all are productive individuals, supporting families. They're all parents now, basically. Um, and they refuse to get, you know, um, the, the, the Medicaid and all that kind of stuff because I know I work. So I asked them, I said, you're getting your assistance for the, for the babies and stuff? No. I, I work. I will support my own children, okay? And they're, they're, they're being productive individuals of a country that tells them that they don't belong. Okay, but, you know, the way I look at it is I'm Puerto Rican. I've been a citizen since I was, I, I was born. My mother and father were citizens. My grandparents were citizens. But yet, in this country, because they don't understand the culture or because mm -hmm. it's, we're different, I was told many a times to go back where I came from. And every time somebody said that to me, and I was in Brooklyn, and I said, to, where do you want me to go back to, the Lower East Side where I was born? Where do you want me to go back to? I mean, they don't, they, didn't, they don't understand that you become a part of the fabric of the country that, you know, you grew up in. They don't understand that unless you look like them. But, mm -hmm. you know, immigration, it's a, it's a, it's a crime. It's, a, it, it's just the, the misinformation that's out there, you know, because I used to talk about it on the radio show all the time and try to explain these people pay taxes. I've seen their slips from their jobs, okay? They pay taxes. And more so... They support their communities where they live because when they buy gas or when they buy food or when they buy clothes and when they support all the local businesses in that community because they can't travel because they may not have a driver's license, they're, they're supporting that community. They pay taxes every time they go out. There were many times that I went and, 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 and got their cars out of, out of, out of the, uh, the, the lockup because somebody was stopped and put in jail and they would have to pay a fine. Okay, before they, they themselves, but they would call me because I was the only one that could go up there and claim their car. And many times I was questioned by the authorities, why are you here? I'm here to pick up that car that is legally registered. I'm a legal Georgia driver, and I'm coming to pick it up, period. That's it. I need the keys. They harassed them. They, they you know, I mean, it's it just the most ridiculous thing. You know, they just stopped them. They profile. It's a shame because this country is built. On immigrants, you know, why would they do that? That's my feeling about it. But, but that is just, you know, the history of the country. I mean, it goes back. Mm -hmm. It goes way back because even, you know, with, with, you know uh, the black individuals, I mean, they still get profiled. They still are made to feel like they're not part of the fabric of this country when they, you know, when they built this country. Okay, but yet nobody recognizes it. That is, you know, if you don't look like me, then, you know, I'm supposed to object to your presence, you know. And it's, it's a shame. I mean, that's, you know, that's how I are feel you, about immigration. <laughs> uh, 
Well, you know, I was talking to uh, a gentleman who works at uh, – they particularly uh, work with people who are seeking asylum, but they were also mm-hmm. talking about, like, we are – not only do we have a Latino community here, we have an Iraqi community here. And mm-hmm. um, they're – I mean, they have been just, like, having these raids and finding people who – in fact, right now they're trying to get um, – some of them have been here like for years. Maybe they got caught when they first got here, maybe for something, uh, a misdemeanor, but now they're using it as grounds to deport them, not recognizing that some of them are, are Christians. And if they go back to this Muslim uh, country that if they're Iraqi, I mean, that's like a death sentence. But, and, uh-huh. so, you know, but they had said that, that even if they go into, they've had some who, people who have gone, there's a fellow who was from Ecuador who went in for his regular like check-in, and when he came out, ICE was waiting there for him. And they said, like, they know where you'll go for this and that, and it's almost like witch hunts that that we're having. And when you think about what happened with Japanese Americans, I mean, we're not far from what what happened when they rounded up Japanese Americans and interned them. I just read I just read earlier today that the judge stopped the the, the deportation of fourteen hundred Iraqis mm-hmm. up, up mm-hmm. north up there. Yeah, so the courts are intervening, you know, and I, and that's what's going to save us, I think. You know, uh, judges who actually you know live by the rule of law, you know, and live by the Constitution and what it means to be in this country. Okay, and regardless. There's due process that ICE cannot detain people just because. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I often have told people, and I know that you and I have talked about it again and again, whenever there was an, an election, was Supreme Court nominees. So uh. when you look at the Supreme Court we have now, and I'm telling you, I mean, I'm ready to get blood typed in case Ruth Bader Ginsburg needs any part. I mean, I mean I'd mean, i give her a kidney, you know, to keep her on, the, on board. To keep her on board. But now when you see, although you're not, you know, you're still a political person, you follow and everything, but you've seen all the things that can happen going through the Supreme Court. When you look at where it is now, how do you feel and do you think about this, this Supreme Court? Do you think that they will go strictly by the letter of the law. I mean, you know we were shocked when they granted marriage equality. But you, you see where it is now. What, how do you feel we are? Well, I think, I think that the extremists will be less extreme because uh, I, the only one that's in favor of Trump is that new one, Gorsuch, mm-hmm. uh, the, new, the new appointee. Yeah, um, I think that the other guys, yeah, I, I, I think that the other guys are, uh, I, the women all... Like more liberal and all that kind of stuff. So I know that they're on the side of equality and they're on the side of the people. But the guys, I believe that truly understand the way that uh, our, our current, uh, um, <laughs> I, I can't even say the word, but the, 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 the occupant of the White House. <laughs> uh-huh. The occupant, yeah. <laughs> the occupant of the White House, how he functions or how he thinks, and the fact that he changes and spins on a dime, uh, one thing today, something else tomorrow, and it could all change in, in, in within hours or minutes, you know, whatever he says. Uh, I really, I really, I really hope that they will stick to the rule of law and to interpret the Constitution in the way that it was meant to be, and that would be that in favor of the people, 
okay, to protect the people, to protect the, the liberties and what we have and what the Constitution and what our forefathers meant it to be, okay, I hope that they, um, they, 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 they stick to those, you know, to that kind of thinking. It, 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 it's unbelievable the, where we're at, where nobody knows what's going to happen, not, not us here, not the international community, you know, not, you know it, it's just so uneasy because it's one person. And that's just, you know, and, and when they talk about the people who work at the White House and stuff like that and how everybody is just so uptight because they don't know what's going to happen. They don't know what's going to happen to their jobs. They don't know what's going to, who the next person that he's going to pick on. I mean, they don't know. And that's how the rest of the, and that's how the country is right now because even those that voted for him are sort of kind of, you know, questioning their vote. You know, so it's just, um, even though he has supposedly this 36% of popularity. <laughs> oh, really, yeah. Okay, it's almost like that story about the emperor has no clothes. When is somebody going to, you know, find, I mean, you keep saying all this stuff, but when is somebody going to finally say, look, right. you know. Right, well, that's what I told my brother yesterday. I said, you know, okay, I'm, I'm, you know, if he, he keeps talking about patience and, and he just has to let the stuff unravel. I said, listen, listen, I'm just waiting for Mueller to put something out there that's really serious, okay, so that everybody can turn around and say, oh, oh, my Lord, okay? I mean, it just, I'm, yes, the report, we all, we, we're only working on conjectures, okay, what the news mm-hmm. tells us. We're only working on what people's opinions are and their emotions and stuff like that. We don't know anything yet. Okay, not really. Okay, not not because they're denying everything. The people tell, you know that are, are being investigated, but there there has to be something to keep this thing going. Okay, there has to be something there, and the accumulation uh, of evidence and and stuff is accumulating. And when it drops, mm-hmm. it's going to drop. Okay, but I just wish that somebody would do something quickly. That's the point where I'm at. Quick conjecture and just do something. So, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, of course, I can't let you go without asking. Now, you know, we had a great eight-year run as gay people, you know. I mean, (laughs) how many of us went to the White House? How many of us got cards, you know, people Mm -hmm. shaking hands? And in some ways, you find that, you know, it was like, oh, these are the good times we've come to. We've come so far. Don't ask, don't tell. It's gone. We can get married. Everything is peachy keen. And now, I, I isn't the the wedding cake case is about to go to the Supreme Court. What what do you see? When should LGBTQ people have their head at right now? What should they be thinking about? Well, what's law already? it's not going to be taken away like marriage and stuff like that, because they would have to have a whole battle, you know, on that and they would have to be another vote and so forth. So they can't just repeal law because marriage is law. Okay. Uh, whatever we, whatever we gain that became mandate became law, they can do individual things like this cake thing. The cake mm-hmm. thing just happens to be the, 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 um, the baker against the couple. Okay. Which could be, regarding anything it could be you know it doesn't have to be lgbt it could be whatever you know that somebody disagrees with somebody who supposedly has a public place where they can go in and order and they refuse to serve them because they're they're it it could be white they can be black they could be gay they can be you know um 
disabled. They could, they could, you know, for whatever reason, and the, that goes to the court, and the court will decide what was constitutional and what was not constitutional and who had the right to do what, okay? It's about ownership, you know. It's about we as a community need to concentrate on those uh, rights, the rights that we have, you know, and they are, they are our rights, okay? And unless they um, do, do new laws, Okay, in most places that would have to be, require, you know, a vote from the people if they're going to put it on the books, whether it's the states or whatever, or, you know, nationally. But the federal stuff, you know, can't be taken away from us. That's, uh, that's just a given now. And, you know, yeah. but uh, I, I don't know. I mean, we, we, we need to concentrate not only on our own, you know, the LGBT. Uh, we need to concentrate because we... Be, we we have become part of the larger community by being able to get married, by raising our kids in the schools and going to the churches and, you know, being part of the, you know, going to day camps and going out on vacations and, you know, going to places where the, 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 you know, quote unquote, the normal family goes. Okay. So we need to incorporate ourselves into the, um, into what we see as, or, or how we feel that, you know, the norms are. We, we are part of that now, okay? And that's what we have to protect. And we're protecting it for ourselves, but we're also protecting it for the straight folks out there and for anybody else, you know, who, who, who joins in. We, we, are part of, we are part of society, you know? And, 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 and again, I, I'll go back to my brother because all of this we, you know, talked about yesterday. He said, I, I don't hear a whole lot of stuff out there about LGBT um, anymore. People just have accepted it because now it's more. We, we're part of the communities that we live in, okay? So when they get to know us, I mean, you know, they may have some apprehension when we move in next door, but, you know, you behave well and you do all the things that are normal and you mow your lawn and you take care of your kids and you walk your dog and all this other kind of stuff. It just becomes part of, okay? And if that's what you choose to do, that's great, you know? We need to put our energies into the whole, you know, not in, into, the, into the entirety of it because we can't, we have to stop doing it piece by piece, okay? And that includes, you know, the black and the white and the Hispanic and the Muslims. And, and we, we need to look at each other and say, okay, so what is it that we need that's common to uh, all of us? What is it that we agree on? Okay, how do we work together in order to maintain the things that we have and to add on more that's good for everybody? And how do we take control of our country again? Because we've lost, we've lost control because Washington, D.C. is like, you know, not serving the people like they're supposed to. They actually think that they, you know, we work for them. No, we don't work for you. You work for us. You know, so that, that's, you know, that's, that's my main thing. I, the main thing that I have is trying to remind all these politicians and the elected officials that we sent to Washington, D.C. to do our work, not theirs. You know, because, I mean, they have, they, they have, but they, accept, they accepted themselves from the health care bill. <laughs> Thank you. You know, yeah, they're, they're, I mean, <laughs> you, know, yeah. I just, you got to laugh because of that, 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 that idiocy of it. I mean, that, it's like, what are they talking about? How can you accept yourself as something that you're trying to force onto people? I mean, something that you're telling them is the greatest thing that's going to happen to you, you know? <laughs> and yet they won't, get, they won't take the same thing.
they you won't know. take it. They won't take it. Well, Betty, you know, we've come yes. to the end of tonight's episode, but what I'd like to do, I'd like to invite you back, Betty, later this year to share your unique view on our current political climate. That's it for tonight. I want to thank our guest, Betty Covertier, for being a guest here on Collections by Michelle Brown. And I want to thank you, our listening audience. We talked a lot about health, diet, health care, and alternative perspectives in taking care of our bodies, making decisions, and being a part of while building a stronger community. Neither Betty or I are endorsing any product or treatment. However, we're suggesting that you do the research, get sound advice, and be a part of not only this national health care debate, but the debate on how we are going to move forward as a nation. Not just for yourself, but for our communities. Be informed, be proactive, be in charge. You can listen to the show each week by following Collections by Michelle Brown on Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud. Join us next week when I'll introduce you to another amazing individual living between the lines, standing boldly in the crosshairs of their intersectionality, and creating change right here on Collections by Michelle Brown. Have a great night.